Welcome to Suburban Warrior, the podcast that will impact, inspire, and empower you to transform your mindset and become the badass warrior that you are. I'm your host and fellow warrior, Chrissy Pfeiffer, former clinician and corporate marketing exec turns multi-passionate entrepreneur, performance and life coach, and mom to four not-so-little warriors. Each week, I will bring you honest conversations with inspiring guests to share their stories of resilience, optimism, success, and simple yet effective strategies so that you transform your thoughts and change your behavior to get the results you want in your life. You will be empowered to take action, warrior up, and believe in you. Let's do this. What's up, Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of the Suburban Warrior Podcast. I am so thrilled to have you guys all here today to hear my amazing warrior guest. You guys, you can't miss this episode because I'm really excited. After meeting Comedy Wood, she is my guest today, and she is the creator of Authentic Me and CEO of Live Joy Your Way, a coaching company helping teens, high-achieving adults, artists, sports professionals, and ambitious individuals shake free of their fears, unhelpful mindsets, and behaviors in order to have healthy relationships and move forward on the professional path they choose. Kamini herself has gone from a people-pleasing perfectionist, holding herself back by playing small into someone who recognizes her worth and sees that by embracing it, she can create room for others to do the same. She is a mother of five. She lives in North Carolina with her family. And her kids, she has one who is a professional ballerina and another one who is a division one lacrosse player. Amazing. With over 12,000 followers on Instagram, Comedy has spoken on PBS as well as a multitude of podcasts and has been published on various outlets. I am so excited to have comedy on the podcast today because we are going to talk all things limiting beliefs and really get into how high performers can overcome their limiting beliefs with some self-compassion, which is very important, and also how to take the courageous steps that we need to take in order to recognize our own limiting beliefs and how to release them in order to live a fulfilled life, which all of those things sound super simple. But as we know, on a daily basis, figuring out our limiting beliefs and how to release them is quite the task. So welcome to the podcast, Kamini. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here with you. I'm excited to have you. I, I think that we are very like-minded individuals, um, especially uh, after you know, looking at your website and seeing what you do. So I'm really excited to dive right in and hear a little bit more about you and then get right into hearing your expert advice for us. So tell us first a little bit about yourself and sort of how you recognized you you were that people pleaser and were able to come out of it. Yes. So a little bit about me. I am the daughter of two immigrant parents. I grew up in a small town in Connecticut, so predominantly white town. Uh, my name doesn't say it enough. Uh, definitely, I'm not a typical uh, white girl, right? So <laughs> I, I'm Indian girl with this strange name growing up in this, like I said, predominantly white town in Connecticut. So uh, growing up, there was a, there was this need to fit in, a need to belong. There was also concurrently a need to not be a burden to my parents because as immigrants. They were working very hard in order to provide for my sister and I. And so that's where I can track back now that my people pleasing and my perfectionism really took hold. 
Um, because in an order to belong, for instance, a lot of people pleasing tendencies took place because I was trying to work towards being accepted by my peers. In terms of not wanting to be a burden, again, people pleasing because I, I didn't want to be a problem for my parents. So I made sure that I did whatever I thought that they needed me to do and made sure that they were happy more than worrying about myself. Now, of course, as a young girl, you don't know that. It's only in hindsight that we can recognize w- the origin of where that story came from. But so that's, if I were to track it back, that's where it began. And I don't, and I don't look at it with any type of judgment or sadness. It's actually recognizing, wow, that's, that actually has built the trajectory of my life now. And I say that because as I went through life, you know, I'm a high achiever, always pushing myself to do more. I, you know, did the typical thing of being in the business world as part of the dot-com industry, working in that industry as a project manager, leading teams, leading people, ended up running my husband's law practice. Um, So from a professional standpoint, I had always been around people and helping them grow and achieve what they wanted to achieve. Now, at the same time, as you mentioned, I'm the mom of five. And I will very honestly say that my, my kids are my best teachers that I've ever had in life. And so it was my children, especially my middle daughter, that started to really show people-pleasing tendencies. And I was able to see through her that she was getting it from me. And that was sort of my catalyst. If I'm going to track it to what was the thing that helped move me towards this awareness, it was that. It was seeing not just her, my other children had it too, but especially her. I was able to recognize that that came from me. And so if I went wanted to help break that cycle, I needed to take a look at myself and do my own self-work. So I did do that. I went through that. That's how I realized where my origin story came from. And then I also realized through that process that that's actually what I was meant to do. This work, helping others do this because others like me have these tendencies and feel stuck and stagnant. And my draw had always been to help other people. Ever since I was little, I always wanted to be the person that people came and talked to because I really did have that empathetic heart from the very beginning. And it wasn't from a people-pleasing standpoint. It was really deep within my spirit. And so that's really how I ended up where I am today, um, running this this coaching practice, working with individuals one-to-one, helping them understand what those false beliefs are. You know, the ones where mine was, I don't want to be a burden. I need to prove I'm worthy helping them recognize what those are and then how do we break them down and move forward? Yeah, that's really interesting and insightful. And I think that the one of the really interesting points is it wasn't even you that you recognized, uh, you know, with your people pleasing. It wasn't until you almost saw, almost like looking in a mirror, right? And saw it in, you know, in your child. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's fascinating because, you know, Anyone who has kids, it is really easy to to see yourself in them, the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? <laughs> Absolutely. And you're like, oh my gosh, I do that. And that's where they're getting it from. So I, I think that's a, a really valid point because sometimes we don't want to accept or really recognize something within ourselves, but then it's easy for us to see in, in our offspring. And so- you know, thanks for, mm. for pointing that out. So, okay. So once you decided, okay, you know, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to help others. So, you know, what was that path like for you? Was it scary? Was it a, a big leap for you to kind of leave the job that you were in and take a leap of faith and, you know, start something new? Because, you know, I think that's, th- that's always something that there's a lot of people out there that think about like, I'm in the wrong Career or I am mm-hmm. not happy, but mm-hmm. they don't really 
have the courage or, or maybe the time to even have the insight to think, what do I want to do next? So what was that like for you making that change? It, it wasn't an easy transition because at the time I was running my husband's law practice. And so okay. it wasn't even just for me. It was, wow, I'm going to have to break this news to him too. Yeah. <laughs> because he had become so dependent on me to, to just kind of do everything. Right. AKA people pleasing. <laughs> right, right, right. Exactly. There you go. But it did. It took courage. It took, you know, that warrior instinct. It was, right. I, I can face this. I can trust myself. And that's what it really came down to was self-trust. And, and because of the work that I had done, I recognized that I, I could trust myself. I could, I was connected with myself for the first time in a very long time where, wow. yes, it wasn't comfortable to have that conversation with him because, you know, again, he was used to me running the practice. And so he felt like, well, you're abandoning me. And the truth was, I wasn't abandoning him. His firm was in a place where it was absolutely, he just needed to hire somebody to step in. I had gotten it to where it needed to be. Right. And, and it was okay for him to do that because Truthfully, the law firm was always his dream. And it was really time for me to live mine and do something that really mattered to me. And that was the truth that I leaned into. So even in those difficult conversations, it was it just because I'm choosing to do something for me doesn't mean it's selfish and it doesn't mean I love you any less. What it means is I can love myself and you and follow a path that feels aligned with me. So when I'm going to work every single day, it's coming from my heart space and not just you know, autopilot pushing through the day, right? Because that's honestly the most exhausting part is if you're in a, if you're in an industry or in a job where you just feel like you're literally counting the hours until you're, you can go home, you're just on autopilot. You're not really yeah. engaged in your life. You're not, and you're not energized and not excited to do any of it. I love um, one of the things you just said, you said it was one of the times in your life where you felt very connected with yourself. And I think that we can all really relate to that at different points of our life where we feel super connected, you know, whether it's to our our soul, our inner guides, like really knowing that that that's when we are most energized um, and feel good about what we're doing. Was there, I'm just curious, was there something besides recognizing it in your daughter, but was there something that happened in your life that allowed you to feel connected to yourself? Was it a practice that you just started maybe doing to listen to your inner voice? Was it age? You know, I don't know. I'm just curious because I think that's another thing that a lot of women, you know, struggle with is just actually feeling connected to themselves because we, we are all always giving to others. Yes. So for me, it was a practice of really giving myself permission to recognize, to label, recognize, label, and allow my feelings. And then in turn, what I needed. Because truthfully, that that disconnect came from not allowing my emotions to have a place at the table mm. and equally not allowing my needs to have a place at the table. Yeah. So when we start to do that, that allows the connection with self. And through that, you're able to then make the, the aligned choices for yourself of how you want to move forward. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. Recognize, label, and allow. Mm-hmm. Right? That's really, really awesome. Okay. So then... So uh, as you're making this transition, even though you're feeling super connected to yourself and you know it's the right thing for you, I'm sure you're experiencing, like we all do, the negative self-talk, the limiting the beliefs, the why are you doing this? You're not good enough. Who do you think you are? Like, you know, all of the above. So let's talk about limiting beliefs because I do think that's a a, a challenge with everybody across the board, mm-hmm. women, men, teenagers, um, you know, so mm-hmm. anyone that you work with, 
is experiencing this negative self-talk and limiting beliefs. So how do you coach your clients to work through that? Well, the very first thing I will tell people is we're not trying to become immune to them, right? Limiting beliefs, those, those thoughts, they are going to pop up. And this work is not about becoming immune and making them go away forever because the truth is there's always going to be pain in life. There's going to be challenges. It's our choice whether we're going to suffer. And so when we can choose how we're going to react to it, that's when we're taking back that semblance of control. Now, clearly we can't control all the things, but we do have the ability to ask ourselves, how do I choose to react in this situation? So with limiting beliefs, especially that goes, it's the same thing where we can have a thought, but then we can choose, am I going to give that thought my time, energy, and put efforts into that thought? Or am I going to recognize that that's just an old story that's no longer serving me? Or it's coming from the fact that I'm making something mean something more than it is. And what I mean by that is somebody has a negative response to us and we immediately go into, oh, that means that I might not be good enough or there's something wrong with me. And what if they're just, that's their own story. They're projecting their own situation, their own narrative onto you. And it's your choice to say, wow, they seem to be really upset and giving some space between the thought we're having in ourselves so that we don't actually internalize it. And that's really the crux of, of limiting beliefs is recognizing that they are just thoughts. We're the ones who choose whether we're going to give them legs or not, <laughs> and we're going to feed them. Right. Absolutely. And, and so how does one actually like recognize a limiting belief versus like, you know, I mean, listen, we all have thoughts and negative self-talk, mm-hmm. but Like, how does one really say like, okay, this is something that I keep saying to myself, you know, this is like, and, and recognize that this limiting belief that they have is actually something that they need to help change the story because it's something that keeps popping up. Yeah. I think that's a great question. I think you're spot and you're just, you're right on with that, the way you even phrase that question where it, it will be recurrent. It's the thing that continually shows up over and over and over again. And also we start noticing that we are dimming ourselves. We're kind of shrinking back from engaging in whatever it is. That's how we know that we've started to give the limiting belief more power over what we want. So for instance, you know, I had a lot of self-doubt when I started my practice, like, oh, I'm good enough. And there were moments where I could have continued to have that thought and fed into it and then just gave given up and said, well, I, I don't know. I, I'm not getting clients fast enough. So therefore I must, this must not be right for me right. versus recognizing that the story was, I have to prove my worth. That was my old story. And recognizing that I don't have to prove anything to anybody other than just show up as myself. And that's yeah. what I would anchor into. That was my value that I would anchor into that. I am perfectly fine as I am, meaning I'm not trying to get somebody else's validation as long as I'm in alignment with my values and how I want to show up with my clients. As long as I did that each and every day, it didn't matter if person A, B, and C decided to work with me because I knew that the right people were going to show up and work with me. If I continue to always look externally, then of course, it's all of that's outside of my control. If you know, you're constantly measuring yourself by external validation, if that doesn't show up, then you feel less than all the time. Yeah. So it's really about how do you bring it in? How do we go from extrinsic to intrinsic, right? And again, that goes back to checking in with your own feelings, your own needs. And the third one is your own values. What is meaningful to you? Yeah. Um, I think that's a really, really great point about going from extrinsic to intrinsic because, you know, especially 
in this world that we live in now with social media, right? And and just everything being out there all the time and and every and so easy for us to see all these videos and and whatever it is, whether it's professionals, moms, friends, like at, at, you name it. It's like th- we're constantly seeing what other people are doing. And it's hard when you're comparing yourself to outside, you know, anything outside of yourself. Because mm-hmm. again, those people may have nothing to do with you. They may not have the same values. You know, they're they're doing what they're doing, but it's hard to right. not compare. Um, so I think just that simple practice of starting to go inward and figure out what it is that's important to you and what are your values and what are what thoughts that you have um, are you know important to you um, and what thoughts you have that actually shape your life is such an important point to think about because we're, I think a lot of times we default to the outside external world um, versus what's inside. Absolutely. And just having raised an athlete, I know for a fact that one of the things that would routinely pop up was comparing oneself to the other people on the team, for instance, Yeah, because you're, just, you're there, you're all doing drills, right? And so you're constantly like, oh, they did this and I've got to do this. And the, the, the truth was, the way he continues to move forward, even to this day, is going within himself. How am I doing compared to myself? Because that's the only way that you're really comparing apples to apples. If you're comparing yourself to some other player on the field, that really is an apples to an orange because two totally different people, two totally yeah. different stories happening. And so it recurs in all aspects. So athletics, any type of professional atmosphere keep us from moving forward the more we continue to compare ourselves. It happens with mothers, right? The moment we're kind of like, well, that mom does it this way. Well, that's a totally different parent and totally different child. We have to go back to how am I relating to my child? Right. How How is our relationship? Because if we continually compare it to somebody else's, it has no bearing on us being able to move forward. Absolutely. So let's go back to the athlete example for a minute, because, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously as, as a young adult or younger, you know, teenager, how did you coach him uh, to help him start to understand that he has to go inward? And then it's about him versus him versus him versus comparing to everybody. Because I, you know, I'm living in that high school realm Mm -hmm. world right now with, you know, and, and so and I hear it from parents all the time. And, you know, some some days when their kid's mindset is great, they play great, right? And then mm-hmm, when their mm-hmm. kid is is not feeling good or not feeling confident about themselves, well, we see that on the field. So, you know, what are what are some tips or maybe some things that you did to help him make that transition? And I'm sure sh- and I'm also curious, did you see it transition as he matured? Oh, definitely. It's, it's a, it's a work in progress, yeah. right? Because, you know, him as a 10 year old versus him as like a, a 19 year old, um, completely different conversations, right? And they're going to yes. continue to evolve because as he gets older and we get towards 25 and 26, conversations right, right. can actually, exactly. <laughs> right. Yeah. But I would say that the way that we really worked on it was, um, really having deep conversations about what he needed and then deep conversations about what is meaningful to him. So when we're talking to adults, for instance, we can use the term values. If we try to use that with uh, teenagers, they're like, what? <laughs> what do you mean my values? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we really talked about it in ways of, well, what, what is meaningful to you? And then the conversation evolved in, and what does that have to do with person A, B, and C on the field? Yeah, I love it. And as soon as you point that out to them, they're like, oh, yeah. 
okay. And then, and, and now he can do it himself. Yeah. Right. So even, especially at the division one uh, status, it's very competitive and it is so easy to get caught up in what are the other players doing and how am I measuring up and where am I on the depth chart? Because that's how it's structured. Yeah, right. Exactly. And, and I mean, that's like how social media is structured. Exactly. Where am I on this? Where am I? How spectrum? many followers do I have? How many exactly. likes do I have? All of it. Yes. And so it's really easy to get caught up in that. And and I know for a fact that he shared with me, mom, I was starting to get caught up in that whirlwind. And then, but now he has the tools to reel himself back in. Yeah. And that's the key is to provide. And that's what we're doing too. And that's what my business is all about is how do I help my clients create these tools? Because life is going to keep going. We're exactly. still going to have those challenges. It's just now we are better equipped to meet them. So yeah, he started to get caught up and immediately he was like, oh, wait. Okay, where am I? Right. Where was I yesterday? Where am I today? Um, and yeah. and then it, it's been difficult. You know, he ended up suffering a concussion and that sets him back a couple yes. weeks. I mean, he yes. took him three weeks. And so again, he had to go back to, okay, this is where I'm at today. Yeah. These are my goals that I've gotten, you know, setting these small goals for himself that he could measure up against. And they were his, they weren't, where are they in comparison to other people? And, you know, within a few weeks of that, he's like, mom, I'm having the best practices again. Oh, good. Amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. (laughs) That is amazing. And thanks for walking us through that because I think, you know, just those simple questions that you, you know, said, what, what is it that he needed and what is meaningful to him? You know, sometimes we just don't have the questions to ask, right? Like you said, when you talk to uh, um, adults, you can say, I mean, even when you ask adults, what is it that you value? Sometimes they don't even know how to answer it, which yeah. is, you know, because you do sure. have to stop and think like, what are, what are my values? So to talk to, you know, a child or a teenager in that way, it is different. So sometimes even as parents, we just don't have the the sentence or the question to to ask and to be able to prompt that conversation. So I think those are two really awesome questions to help because like you said, it it never ends, right? Once you meet one goal, they they have the next goal. And it's really goes for athletes, academics, I mean, anything, right? What is, you know, what is it that is important to you and, and kind of understanding that and then creating a roadmap to be able to achieve it. Uh, is really what's so important to them, but it, it's, it's hard. It's hard for all of us. Okay. So my next question I wanted to, so once you recognize these limiting beliefs, how do we release them? Like, is there something that, you know, you can do every day to just sort of remind yourself? I mean, I know it's a practice. I know it's something that doesn't just happen. And I know it's for, for the rest of our lives, we have to work on it, but any tips for things that, you know, we can do to help release these limiting beliefs? Yes. So I am not a believer in, oh, now I know that my limiting belief, now I know it and I can name it. Now I'm going to tell myself the complete opposite. Right. I don't believe in that because I think that our brains are smarter than that. It's too much of a pendulum swing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so our the subconscious way really, knows. <laughs> yeah, it just does. It's like, right. yeah, no, that's BS. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> what uh, are you, what sure. are you trying to sell me here? <laughs> right, exactly. So once we're aware of it, then we can start challenging it in different ways. So for some people, just simply asking the question, is this true? You know, uh, Byron Katie talks about that. That's her question. Is it true? Is it absolutely true? That's a way that we can, we can challenge it. Then of course, there's the other way that we challenge it, which is recognizing that the thought's going to be there, but we don't have to actually give it the energy. So I can actually separate myself from the thought. Like for instance, it will still pop up for me. You know, I don't want to be a burden. I, I, I'm, I'm a burden. I'm a burden. 
I can actually now say I'm having the thought that I'm I'm a burden or I'm burdening this person. Now I'm giving myself distance from me as comedy in that thought of I'm a burden. So now it's no longer, we're no longer fused together. Yeah. And so that's how we can start once we give that that space between the thought and myself, it's no longer my belief. It's just a thought. And then I can go into, okay, and what are my values? What's meaningful to me? What committed action do I have to work towards that will actually mean something to me? So I'm actually allowing the thought to be there. I'm not running away from it. I'm not avoiding it, but I'm also not giving it more energy. I'm just allowing it to be there and then saying, and my value system would lead me to take action in this area or in putting into these thoughts over here. So we are able to break it down by just recognizing that we will have thousands of thoughts a day. It's up to us to choose which ones we're going to believe and which ones we're not. And I'm not saying it's easy. And that's what the coaching is all about is how do we do this in pieces? Because to your point, it's not a one and done thing. This is a practice. This is a building of a muscle. It's building of a new neural pathway in our minds because it's been normalized to believe that we're unworthy or we're not good enough or you know, our, when we have self-esteem issues or self-confidence issues, it usually comes back down to, I'm not smart enough, or I'm not, again, I'm not good enough. So if we can just give ourselves the ability to learn these new neural pathways, build these new neural pathways. So we're normalizing that belief and we're giving ourselves room to have these other beliefs, recognizing what's actually true about us and looking at the things that we have accomplished and those moments where we have been afraid of failing, for instance, and we still took small, measurable steps and we were able to accomplish the thing that we wanted, you know, small changes, small steps will compound to become big changes. When we're able to do that, we're breaking down those limiting beliefs. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I think recognizing that, you know, those limiting beliefs, even though they're just thoughts, that the thoughts create the emotions, which create our behavior, which creates our results. So to your point about these little tiny changes over time, you know, I I think sometimes people wake up and they look around, they're like, wait, how did I end up here? I mean, I think we've all done that at some point in our life, right? Mm -hmm. And and because we just continue to track on the same thought process that we always have. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that's usually what leads us to, you know, getting a result that isn't really exactly what's meant for us sometimes, right? Following mm-hmm. someone else's dream, doing what's expected of us, um, as opposed to like really truly what is our heart's desire and what is our true, you know, soul's purpose. Uh, and it's, we don't always, we're not always able to to find that until we're able to sort of step back and recognize what our thoughts are, how they're affecting our lives and how they're affecting our, our results. So I think that's uh, th- those little tiny changes over time. So we have to really allow ourselves to make this like mindset shift, right? Yes. Yes. And, you know, and it's important to give ourselves grace and that's where self-compassion comes into play, where it's recognizing that we're going to give ourselves time to make the changes and we might try something and it doesn't work. And instead of falling into judgment, it's about kindness and saying, okay, that didn't, work or it didn't land the way that I wanted it to. So how can I take that information and continue to grow and move through it rather than putting ourselves down and saying, Oh, forget it. I see. I'm not good enough. I can't even do this right. Which would be the judge voice popping in or the inner critic popping in to say, Oh, we can't do that either. Exactly. Exactly. And, and 
just like you said about being kind to ourselves, like, you know, some of the things that we say in in our own heads to ourselves, you know, I always tell my clients, walk up to a mirror and start saying that to your, to your like, you know, 10 year old self or whatever, Mm -hmm. because you would never say that. You wouldn't say it to anybody. You wouldn't, and you really would never say it to yourself. And I think once you start recognizing how harmful those inner thoughts are, um, once you start saying them out loud, it's a little bit easier to kind of make that shift to say, okay, that's, that's not true. Going back to your point, is it true? You know, Mm -hmm. is any, it's, Mm -hmm. and a lot of times it is absolutely not. Yeah. Um, No, you're so right. When we actually um, say those things out loud to ourselves, I think a lot of us will startle ourselves and be like, oh, that's really mean. (laughs) Why? Why would I, why would I say that? (laughs) Why would I say that to anybody? And certainly why would I say it to myself? You know? Right. And and especially if you have kids, you can like, think about that and think like, you know, you know, if you think of yourself as a child, you would never say that, you know, Mm -hmm. and then going back like, why would I say that to my own child? Like you just, it starts to really just, I think, give you a new perspective of, of the thoughts that you're having and how they're impacting you and impacting your subconscious mind. Um, and like you said, if we want to build these new neural pathways and start really thinking about, you know, how are we going to make change in our life? Well, it has to start with the thought. And people think like, oh, that's silly. But when you really understand the origin of the thought and how it affects the results, all of a sudden you really start thinking about what it is, what it is you're thinking about, right? right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, and I do think, you know, going back to sort of the beginning of the podcast, when, you know, you talked about going back and understanding where the people pleasing comes from and, you know, those type of behaviors, I think that type of reflection is probably important for almost everyone to do because everybody has stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. all have personality traits that we have developed because of who we are, because of how we were brought up, the environment we were brought up in, who our parents were. And it doesn't have to be something horribly and tragic. I mean, for some, it may be, but for some of us, it just might be the the reason that we have certain perspectives or the reason we do certain things or have certain habits that may not be ideal for us in adulthood. And we have to look back and really understand where did this come from? And I think as you did it and you were able to reflect and see where it came from, it actually, it's almost like a burden is lifted, right? Because mm-hmm. you're able to say like, oh, that makes sense, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Now I understand why I do this and now I can fix it. And 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 that's the point too that I was saying where I don't look back with judgment right? because exactly. it served its purpose and it got right. me to where I am. So it's really about just saying, oh, now that I'm aware of that's where it came from and I'm aware of what the narrative was, I can now as my adult self ask, does that continue to serve me or does it need to shift and change? And for me, the choice was I, it, I wanted it to shift and change because I, first of all, wanted to change the pattern that my my kids were seeing. But then also for myself, it allowed me room to step out and to create my own business, which was something that was aligned with my heart space versus just continuing to take care of others. Not again, not because I don't like to take care of others or of wanted to help my husband, but it was time for me to do something that lit me up as well. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Kamini, thank you so much for sharing all of your wonderful insights and expert advice. I really, really enjoyed our conversation today. And I know that I learned a lot. So I'm sure my listeners did as well. Tell us where can um, we find you? 
on the web at commonywood.com and then on Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest, all with the handle It's Authentic Me. Oh, awesome. Okay, that's wonderful. And we will make sure that we're going to link all of that in the show notes. So um, guys, be sure to check out Comedy's website and follow her on Instagram and all the other socials. And again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, I loved our conversation. Thank and you so much. Absolutely. Guys, thank you so much for joining us for another episode. We'll be back next week with another amazing warrior story for you. Talk to you next time. 